This is Agents Influence Podcast. And I think a lot of people share this with me, which is that you believe you're one way. I believed I was made for sales in corporate America and leadership in corporate America. That was it. I was meant for this lane. And I had to realize I can blow up the lane. I can be a best-selling author. I can be a top podcast host, speaker. I can be an executive host. I can be whatever I want to be if I just take my talents wherever I want to go. Will it always work out phenomenally? No. But then you'll just give it say, oh, my talents are better suited over here. But coming to grips with that idea that you can live in a laneless world is really, really powerful. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. Hey, 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 loyal listeners. How are you doing? Welcome to Agents Influence Podcast. It's Conversations with Jason Cash, which is me. Glad you are joining me. For you listening to the recording, just know that this is a live podcast that I am doing here with our special guest today. So in the future, if you want to get on, you can check it out. I send out notifications on Facebook and on YouTube that I'm going to go live with Agents Influence Live Podcast every once in a while. So that's what you're listening to. So for all you loyal listeners, whether you're watching live or whether you're watching or you're listening to it later, I want you to know that we're going to kind of keep the same course. We're going to do the best we can to stay within the podcast. If we get some comments that come in and the guests want to want to jump in or I want to pull one of those out, maybe I'll do that, but I want to see them. So make those the best they can possibly be. But I'm just going to go through this just like I would any other podcast of over the 400 and some we've done. I don't want to take away from the greatness uh, and what you come to expect as a loyal listener. So now I do want to get on with it and uh, I want to get on with our special guests because I, I'm kind of excited about this because I, this is someone, you are too, you are too. Uh, This is to all you loyal listeners. This is a little insight into what I do, right? So I follow people and I watch people and I watch videos and Heather happened to be one of those people that I watched a video months back and she talked about her story. So I'd like to bring to the show. I really do appreciate it. How are you doing, Heather? Heather Monahan. I apologize. But hey, how are you doing, Heather? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, this is fun. I appreciate you taking your time and doing this. I know we try to do it before and kids going to school. Now your son's at school. That's a, a wild thing. We had to change up the time. And uh, how are you doing with the uh, summer school? Yeah, Wait, Zoom, Zoom school is tough. It's it's really hard. I'm having to move all my podcasts and shows to after 3 p.m. and just do calls during the day. It's a it's a little chaotic, but we're doing our best to make it work. Yeah, it really is. I think I think every every mother and father and person out there who's in charge of that it is. Uh, and some schools are totally back in, and some some schools are not in at all. And and so is are they completely Zoom? One hundred percent Zoom. Monday yeah, we're in, Florida, we're in Florida and it's Zoom. Oh yeah! Wow. Woo! Woo! I like we like we tell everybody we our thoughts and prayers are with you. Thank but you. This is, this is something that we're all dealing with. So, um, Heather, are you ready to go? Born ready. Let's go. All right. First question is, are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? iPhone. 
Wah, wah, wah. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, iPhone. Most of the cool people are iPhones. I'm a Droid user. Uh, you know, I guess I'm a little hard on myself, but uh, it just shows that people like me have Droids and people like you have iPhones. So uh, that's one of our questions. And what is the last app that you downloaded? Oh, let me think. The last app that I downloaded. Jeez. I don't know. I, you know what? Actually, I one of my friends suggested I get this app called Bark, which listens to your children online and gets your attention if some if there's a conversation with negative um, talk. Wow. I like that. It's called Bark? Yes. Wow. That is a good one. Thanks for that treat. That is awesome. <laughs> we asked, I love to ask this question. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Love to win. Love to win. No doubt. Any reason no doubt. why? I'm just a competitive person, have been my whole entire life, played sports when I was a kid, and it definitely carried over into business. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet that that's true. You're right about that, Steve. Love to win more than hate to lose. Oh, yeah. If there were just two things in the world that got you to where you are, we're just in playing in the agency intelligence world, one was luck or one was skill, okay? Which one would you say if those two things had bought you to where you are today, one greater than the other? I don't like that question. I want it to be what I want to pick. And if I pick, I would say hard work hands down is the number one driver for my success. But if I have to pick between luck and skill, it'll be skill. It would be skill. Really? That surprises me with you saying that. So that's cool. That's cool. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a reason. I really, truly don't. I just, uh, that, no, I just, I just really thought that that would be it. So I don't really know. I guess every time with people, and I really don't ever really have a clue because it's what we perceive on the outside is different than on the inside sometimes uh, on what what's really going on with people's lives. Yeah. So okay, fantastic. I like that. Now take us back to like college. Take us back into around there and bring us forward to where you are. Kind of let us in in about three to five minutes help us relate to who you are. So I graduated a psych major from Clark University, took a job as a sales rep at the Gala Winery, became the number one seller in my first few months there. And then I was sexually harassed by the president of the company. So I quit and I took a job in sales in a radio company. I was the number one seller my first year and I was offered an equity partnership. I had to agree to get on a plane to move somewhere unknown in order to make my partner and myself, a lot of money. They dropped me off in Saginaw, Michigan, and I ran a $25 million property, turned it into a $55 million property in under three years and netted the company $30 million. I then moved to Florida, pitched myself for a job that didn't exist at a publicly traded company, and I was awarded VP of sales for a national radio company. And I was promoted three times over 14 years, was named one of the influential women in radio in 2017. I was a CRO responsible for hundreds of millions of dollars. And I was fired when the CEO I worked for became ill and his daughter replaced him. So I took that opportunity three years ago now uh, to write and self-publish my first book, Confidence Creator, to start my speaking career, give my first TEDx talk, which was promoted to TED and translated into six different languages, launch my podcast, and... What else? Oh, I signed a deal with HarperCollins Leadership to launch my next book, Leapfrogging Villains. Then the pandemic hit and I pivoted my business and launched my virtual executive coaching program. Leapfrogging, what was that? Leapfrogging Villains. Leapfrogging Villains. That's uh, that's interesting. So I heard you, I think, specifically say that in one of your, in your, in your TED talk, I think, is I heard you mention 
um, the leapfrog, because I've heard you say that before. No, one of the videos. Not, not in my TED Talk, but definitely I, it, I've mentioned it before. About seven months ago, one of those darn things. I was watching some videos. So anyway, so <laughs> one of them. But let me ask you this. And so you talk a lot about the, the story that I like is you're very positive in, in exposing yourself to say, I was fired and I said, I let them basically dictate who I was and you took control of your life and you marched forward from that time forward and you created who you are today. Kind of gave us a little summary of it. And, and I think that today there's a lot of times that, that happens to people and they, they may get stepped on. They may get pushed around. They may be sexually harassed. The daughter may came in for, for the, 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 the dad who was the CEO. And I mean, I think a lot of people find themselves in that spot, but it's real hard to actually pick yourself up. And that's some of the things that I believe that, that I think that you can help people with and you do help people with. Am I right about that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so would you say, I mean, what are some of those, th those things that people need to do to be able to rebound? It's not just how you fall, it's how you get back up. And it's easy to say that, but what are some of those things that helped you do that? Yeah, it's easy to say that, but I did it. So, you know, getting fired was very hard. It was coming to grips with letting go of my confidence, being affiliated with my net worth, my job, my title, my responsibilities, and realizing, well, I thought they took everything from me. The only thing they could take was my paycheck. I kept my network, my experiences, my talents, and my unique abilities. So once I embraced that, I asked for help and I was really vulnerable. I put it online and said, I just got fired. And if I've ever helped you, I would so like to hear from you today because I need help. And so many people came to help me and that landed me on the Elvis Duran show. And I was on the Elvis Duran show and he said to me, well, Heather, obviously you're writing a book. And I said, oh, okay, obviously I am. But I didn't really know I was. So I Googled on the plane ride home that night, how do you write a book? And I kept the paper and it says, you have to be disciplined and write X amount of hours a day. So I did that. And I wrote and self-published my book and I just continued to take action and step into fear and believe that, you know, bringing my talents to whatever lane I went to would inevitably work or not work, but I'd have that opportunity to pivot and try something different. And, you know, there's been plenty of failed business opportunities that I stepped into in the last three years, plenty that didn't work out, but plenty that did. Mm -hmm. And I just continue to go bigger and show up as the real version of me. I like that. I like that because I think that the, the main thing is, is they say when you fall down, but you pick yourself back, it's how you get back up. I think the, the point is, is the action of getting back up. Right. And that's, oh, yeah. what you're, that's what you're talking about. It's about saying, like you said, I didn't know I was writing a book, but when someone put that in your brain, well, yeah, maybe that's I, like, what I should do. Here's the thing is that I, you know, and I think a lot of people share this with me, which is that you believe you're one way. I believed I was made for sales in corporate America and leadership in corporate oh. America. And that was it. I was meant for this lane. And I had to realize I can blow up the lanes. I can be a best-selling author. I can be a top, you know, podcast host, speaker. I can be an executive coach. I can be whatever I want to be if I just take my talents wherever I want to go. Will it always work out phenomenally? No, but then you'll just pivot and say, oh, my talents are better suited over here. But, but coming to grips with that idea that you can live in a laneless world is really, really powerful. 
You know, you use the you use the terminology. I'm taking my talents here or there, which is the same ta- uh, terminology that LeBron used when he said, "I'm taking my talents to uh, what do you say, South Beach, right?" When he was leaving <laughs> Cleveland and going to Miami, right? And oh, it's so interesting good. because he kind of blew the lane open, right, Heather? He he said, yeah. "You just don't have to stay with one team. If you feel obligated to go here and play, you go there and play. Maybe you come back." And so. I can see how that, that, and that's you talk about that in some of your stuff that you talk about. It's the mindset, right? The mindset is what's helping try to drive some of that action. And, and I think that, and tell me, am I wrong? No, it's not who you are that holds you back. It's who you think you're not. It's who you think you're not. It's late in the day for me to really digest that, Heather. But that, <laughs> no, that, that is, I like that. Okay. Wow. I mean, through everything you determined that, where were you when you finally thought that and realized that? Oh, I don't know. I mean, listen, this whole thing's a process, right? This has been going on for three years. So there's, I mean, there's been lots of high moments, lots of celebrations and exciting times and lots of down times too, right? It's been really scary and hard going from, you know, a career for 25 plus years that I thought was very clear and well lit to stepping into this unknown where there's no roadmap, no one's teaching you, no one's showing you, and there's no book that you buy that shows you the steps to take. And so it's, um, it's been, it's been a journey. I'll, I'll put it that way. Do you feel as if you have more freedom over the last three years than you ever had? Yeah. You know, when I was in corporate America, I would come up like, I am huge believer in innovation. And so I've constantly come up with new ideas, new programs, new strategies, new products, new partnerships, new collaborations. And I was oftentimes probably 90% of the time told, no, no, we've always done it this way. No, it's too risky. No, that sounds scary. What if it doesn't work? And so now I get to implement all those ideas that I have and no one can tell me no, because I'm the, I'm the boss. Right. In heels. Most days, not, not during the pandemic, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. That is true. That is true. Okay. So you do, that makes sense. That makes sense. You do find more freedom. You have more responsibility as an, as an owner of a business, but you do have, you do have more freedoms in a weird, more way, but less in a way, way as well. So I, I could definitely see that. I do. You talk about like little things that you do to boost up who you are, like uh, your overday, everyday morale. You tell yourself messages through the day, out the day. I think I remember reading one time that you you put messages on the bottom of your shoes. Um, yeah, that's, or, that's a you chapter. Know. It's actually a chapter in my book. So that's a story of my son when he was nine years old, coming out at six thirty in the morning, getting ready for school, handing me a sharpie and his basketball sneaker, and saying, "Can you write something on my shoe?" And I said, "Sure." What? And he said, "I can do all things." And when I asked him why am I doing this, he said, "Because." The first half of the game tonight, he had a basketball game. He said, I might be playing great and I'll be feeling super confident and it'll all be good. But what if, you know, we come back after halftime and we've lost momentum and I start getting down and doubting myself? He said, now I can look down at my shoe and remember, oh, no, I got this. I can do all things. That's good. That's good. So that's that's kind of where that came from. Is there any other things that you do? I mean, what are these messages you tell yourself? How do you lift yourself up and keep yourself going through the day? Yeah, I was super nervous for my first TEDx talk. And so I knew that I had to create a bunch of safety nets so that I would be able to execute at a really high level. So there are certain things I do. There are certain colors I wear. I wear red or blue if I'm nervous because I know those are my strong power colors. I have a, a really strong playlist that I only listen to right before I'm about to do something major, 
because it tricks my brain into remembering the last few times I did things and they went well and now this is going to go well. I smell lavender when I get really nervous. That process really helps me remember, okay, I can get centered. I can get calm. I drop expectations. I say to myself, if I just go out there on the stage and give it my best, I'm going to be proud of me. But if I don't go out there, I'll never live it down in my mind. I can do this, like lower the expectations and step into it. And also when prepping for things, you know, I, I visualize myself doing a great job. I visualize myself at the arena, on the stage, wherever I'm, I'm going to be yes. ahead of time. And that really helps me to put myself there. So when I am living it, I, I feel like, oh, I've been here before. I've done this. Wow. Yes, I do. I do a couple of those. So when I do my speaking, what I do is I like to go to the hotel the night before when I'm staying there. I like to go into the room where it's at. You know, usually the stage is already set up. And I'm one of those people that you kind of hope that no one walks in because I get up on the stage literally so my brain can get the visionary of it. They say the trickery of that after reading is, is that your brain is, is convinced that it's already been there by, by, by doing that, which relieves your stress. And it really does relieve your stress the next day whenever you're trying it. Don't get me wrong. You're still, you know, you're still amped up, ready to go, but it's a, it's a, it's a more confident stress. So I like that. That, that is good stuff. That is good stuff. Um, anything else? I always write on the bottom of my heel on one side, I can on the other side, I will. And I've done that now for three years straight, right? Anytime something's important. And now when I go running, all of a sudden I'll start saying it to myself and I'm not even intentionally doing it. It's like a tape that just plays in my head. And so I'm always hearing myself say, I can, I will, I can, I will. I can, I will. Yes. And the music, it's so funny how many times people say that they listen to a certain type of music, you know, and you're so right. My thought is, and, and David Carruthers is a friend of mine and he listens to, I, I believe it's Thunderstruck and that's his thing right before he's getting ready to walk into a big time meeting. And one of the things he said to me, I asked him, I said, don't you get tired of that? And that same thing. And he said, it's not so much the song. It's the fact that my brain remembers the last time we heard this song, which is exactly what you just said, which makes a yeah. lot of sense. There's a psychological study. It's called Pavlov's um, dog. And it's essentially a study of when you ring a bell, if you mm -hmm. do it often enough right before you feed your dog, you can just ring the bell and the dog will begin to salivate because the dog already has processed that I'm about to eat food. And so the body starts responding in that same way, even though the dog's not eating the food. Your right. brain is responding the same way. I'm responding the same way. The minute I start hearing that music, I'm starting to feel more calm and stronger mm -hmm. and confident because I've put myself into that mental state. Right. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Sorry, got me thinking. The other thing, here's a couple of things else I wanted to ask you about. I hear with this talk today about living in the moment. A lot of people are living your best life or living in the moment. And, you know, and I saw this last dance uh, with uh, Michael Jordan and the, yeah. the epic thing that everybody knows about. And they talked about him, his superpower versus comparing him to other people was his ability to live in the moment, to realize what was going on right now was actually the most important thing. Any Anything that you speak on that, anything you think about living in the moment that kind of comes to mind that people should think about? You know, I don't typically speak on that topic. However, you know, obviously anytime you feel anxiety, it's really important just to focus on your breath and where you are right in that moment. And I think that happens for a lot of people during quarantine and the pandemic. And there's so much stress out there with media and, and all the insanity that it is really important to, to get centered and focus on now instead of trying to project ourselves forward. When is this going to end? When is this going to change? Or reflecting backwards and saying, why did I make that decision? Why didn't I do this? You know, 
it, it really alleviates that stress if you focus on right here, right now and what you're grateful for. Are you ready to transform the way your business communicates? Look no further than Lightspeed Voice, the ultimate solution for insurance agencies seeking a seamless communication. I've used them for over eight years. I'm telling you what I'm reading is the truth. Picture this crystal clear calls, advanced features, unparalleled, flexible, tailored, just for you. That's Lightspeed Voice. Tired of drop calls and outdated systems? Lightspeed Voice has your back. Say goodbye to communication hiccups and hello to a new era of efficiency. I love that. Boost productivity with features like call recording, voice to email, and effortless call transfers. Work from the office, from home, or on the go. Lightspeed Voice keeps you connected wherever your business takes you. Don't worry about the transition. Our dedicated support and onboarding teams will guide you every step of the way. Make the switch to Lightspeed and join the ranks of satisfied insurance agency owners, like me, experiencing the power of seamless communication. Ready to elevate your agency? Visit lightspeedvoice.com or call 877.97-VOICE to schedule your free demo. Lightspeed Voice, we're more than just talk. Cast approved. We, we all know that like COVID is like creating some like really big stresses, not only as we talked about earlier with education, with kids, with, with stress, with travel, all kinds of things. How do, with you and your clientele, the people that you talk to, the people that you're helping, what are you hearing from people out there and how they're coping and some of the ways that they're getting through? Yeah, I mean, everyone's different, right? I mean, there are some people mm -hmm. who are living their best life. They have huge houses and they're in good marriages and they, they you know, they've got a space and, and help for their kids and they're doing fine. There's people like me that are in a two bedroom condo where I'm working out here and my sons and they're doing Zoom school and it's much more stressful, right? Because right. we have a very small, um, you know, area. Believe right. me, I will be buying a house as soon as this whole thing is over because I am not going through a pandemic again in a building. So I think it depends on the people and some businesses have really taken a hit around new business and new business development. And that's what I've been working with a lot of people on during this time, because so many people before just had business coming to them and they just didn't worry about that and word of mouth and referrals. But as you know, less people are spending money readily, they've had to learn and, and I've been teaching them how to create you know, multiple revenue streams, how to create systems and processes that you have in place so that you're able to have leads coming up essentially like a machine all the time and, and how you know, to optimize converting them. Yeah, you are right. I was reading and I can't remember, it was on LinkedIn this morning on like the top news things that they give you. And I can't remember who it was, but they just invested $100 million in a subscription annually for um, uh, to Zoom because they are taking all of their salespeople off the streets and they're putting them into their houses and that's how they're going to sell. And I can't remember who it was. I was just talking to somebody about this an hour ago and was trying to think of who it was, but it was a major corporation. And when you really think about that, Heather, that is like really, really crazy that you're going to take people and we go, we are that have a skill set, right? Of being, knowing when to find people, how to find people at the right time, shaking their hands, saying the right thing, you know, whatever it could possibly be. They've built their entire career on doing that. And it's now, yeah, you get to still do that, but now you're going to do it through these tools sitting at home or in some office. I don't know if we're getting too far ahead of ourselves because sometimes that seems like, yeah, it's working right now. But is that, 
it, is that going to be a long-term success for companies to get that radical this soon? I don't really know. What do you think? I mean, I think we're going to see it play out, but it certainly is a trend, right? As all the large players, Google, Facebook, you know, all the big companies in the U.S. have already gone virtual and stated that they're staying virtual, you know, at least till 2021. So there is, you need to look at culture, you need to look at morale with employees. And there is this sense of giving people at least the option that they're not forced to go into an office or, or workspace around other people is really mm -hmm. important. People need to feel empowered, they need to feel safe, and they need to feel that there's, they're in a trusting environment, whatever that looks like. But to your point around selling virtually, some people are going to make it and some people won't. Because selling virtually right. is very different than selling face-to-face. -face. And if you're one of those people that say, well, I've always done it this way, and now you're not able to do it that way, you've got to reinvent yourself. And you've got to find a way to create connection through a computer, which isn't easy for everyone. So you've got to start employing different tactics, testing different things, and meeting with people who are doing it well so you can learn some hacks from them. Yeah, you you are right about that. I, I think it is a crunch. Uh, I have talked about it before is the when we went from the agricultural age into the industrial revolution, you had people who had been on a farm their entire life that at the age of 50 and 60 or 40 were forced to go into the cities and work. And then we went from the manufacturing age to the servicing industry we are now. And there's people who are worked in a manufacturer for 25 years and now we're having to be retrained or reschooled to go back to learn to do digital marketing or something, you know, and they kind of got, they kind of got, and it's weird because it, that was over, you know, tw that was over 50, 80, 90 years in between those. And here we are now in 2020 to where we're, we're dis displacing people at what they're good at based on the way they have to communicate or the way they have to interact with people. And if you really think about that, that's pretty crazy because it used to be qualifications, right? It would be, well, you're not the greatest because you don't have this degree or you don't. Now we're, oh, well, you're the, you're the, you used to be the great, greatest at the gift of gab. Well, that may still all work, but you better know how to use and understand how to work with people on a, a live or, or on uh, on some kind of video. And, and Heather, what do you think about that? you agree? I mean, it really just depends the way that you look at it, right? So this can you can see this as an opportunity for you to, sit, to distinguish yourself. And people right. are in many situations isolated and down. And if you're someone who's an uplifting person and you're someone who inspires others and encourages others and you're an active listener, because one of the most powerful things you can do for one of your clients or customers is ask how they are in, in a truly caring yeah. way and allow them to empty their glass. And when you have a real conversation around how someone is truly doing and, and how they're, they're handling things and they empty that glass to you, you have just created such trust, such connection that their brain is firing dopamine and they feel amazing. And guess what? People like doing business with people that they know, like, and trust. And so mm -hmm. if you're creating those conversations through Zoom, you've elevated yourself versus where you may have been before. Living a half full glass life. That's what Kenny Chesney says. I just, I actually just heard that lyric and it's pretty true. It's going through life, looking at it as a half, a half full glass life. I thought that was pretty good. And you are right. People that do have those. I think um, uh, when it has to the people who, 
I've said this before, Heather, and I think that this is important to realize. It's You said it's the option of having the ability for, to work at home or to work at the office, and I think that is important. I think it's important that that ability and that option always stays there two ways. Sometimes we think about the fact that, well, maybe they have a job that they want to do at home or they could do better at home or that's just a, that's a, that's a part of our, our society that we can afford today because of technology. But also it needs to stay an option because demanding they stay at home could be a haven for a place that they try to get away from. It could be their eight to 10 hours a day at work is actually the time and place where that's where they feel normal and, and, and safe, right? And protected. Right. I don't know what that may be at home. And it doesn't have to be abuse or physical or, or verbal abuse. It could be other things, right? And so I think that there's, there's those type of things. So saying that, yes, I hope that's a two, that stays open is for both ways because there's going to be people that are going to want to adapt um, on both sides. And so I think that that's important. I really, really, truly do. So, yeah, one of the things I've heard from a lot of my coaching clients is they miss the drive, the commute to work. That was kind of their alone time, the time for them to decompress, whether on their way to work or on their way home, and just giving themselves that break from the pressure of at home and kids and you know responsibility or the pressure at work of people asking for things and you know trying to hit numbers. But they really miss that time. So some of the things that you know we've done is implementing whether they go outside alone for a walk and you know changing up the your space instead of just staying inside you know it's easy to get in a rut it's easy to just you know keep yourself quote unquote safe and stay at home but it's really important mentally for everyone to get out and change scenery up a, even a little bit it will really help you make sure you don't get get down what what is your what do you think if you were the person that knows what the next 18 months of your life is going to look like or of all of our lives right i'm not trying to get personal here i'm just saying the life right i heard from facebook um they we unofficially they've reached out to do some stuff with us regarding podcasts. I asked them why, and it wasn't just us. They're doing it with other podcasts. And they said that they are involved in so many different meetings or, or conferences and stuff during the year that this is a way that they're trying to stay relevant and get out there and, and talk about Facebook and things. And they're wanting to do this. And they said, and so we're still, and I thought to myself, I said something to the lady as like, wow, this is July. And I mean, it seems like you guys would have started on this a while back since, you know, we may have a vaccine or whatever. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. The earliest is June 2021 that where anybody's allowed to travel inside of Facebook. And then in a lot of places, including Facebook now, are probably looking at the end of 2021. I don't think people really, really think about that, Heather. I don't think that I think that they think that this vaccine comes along in January and we're all hunky dory back to life in, in February. And I would be the one that doesn't want to spoil the party. But I think 2021 is going to probably look a lot like 2020, in my opinion. What do you think? One thing that I've learned from this pandemic is we can't forecast the future. It's impossible. We, we couldn't forecast this happening. Right. Then we couldn't forecast the riots. Then we couldn't, you know, I, I'm done with trying to predict. There's no ability for anyone to predict what's going to happen moving forward unless no, someone's dug up Nostradamus. But what I would say is that, you know, what we can do is we can find certainty within ourselves. Meaning, if we are still in an environment like this, I know I'll lean into this, you know, virtual portion of my business more. I'll capitalize in and I'll find ways to be more efficient, effective, and optimize what I'm currently doing. I'll continue to grow that, right? Or if it does start opening back up, and by the way, I was at a hotel two weeks ago and there was a, um, 
a uh, pharmaceutical conference happening. It was a socially distanced conference, but a conference was happening. And I was so surprised. I didn't expect to see that two weeks right. ago, right? So, so depending on where you live in the country, I have friends that live in the middle of the country. Their schools are all back in person. You know, I have friends in Atlanta. Their schools are all back in person. Yet my life is very different in Florida. You know, we're not leaving the house and restaurants are, are barely open. Point. So it, it really, it depends where you live. It depends what you do. There's so many variables and all of these things could change in a moment too, right? If the, the second wave comes back and everyone goes back on quarantine. So just what I do find certainty and solitude and comfort in is stay focused on you and, and your ability to pivot and optimize and improve whatever situation we walk into. I think right now more than ever, would you think that there's probably more people who want to create podcasts, do videos, write blogs, create another hobby, um, find something else to do because they're kind of realizing that like, hey, I do have a bunch of extra time, you know? A lot of times business owners, Heather, say that they don't have time to do something and we kind of just say, oh, well, they're just kind of pushing it off. They find time if they could. Actually, really, a lot of that was pretty legitimate because a lot of business owners have gotten a lot of things done that they wanted to get done for the last four or five, six years. And so I, I, I don't know. What say you on that? Anything? You know, I agree. I hear that from a lot of people, you know, that they organized their um, garage or they redid a third, you know, bedroom. So I'm hearing about a lot of house projects, which from people that never had time to do things like that before. So yeah, I do. I think that's fair. Yeah, I do. I think that there's a lot. I think a lot of agents want to people in insurance, we, we niche out into different industries, creating podcasts inside those to build authority in those industries, I think is something that you know, there was probably a handful of podcasts. And in the last 12 months, I've seen, especially in the last eight, I've seen a ton of podcasts pop up. And most of the people that you talk about that, they'd say, I already, I had this plan for a long time. I just actually have now, now time to get in to take, as Heather would say, take action on that. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, that's important. Here's, uh, I want to wrap this up and I want to wrap it up with uh, leaders are readers and readers are leaders and you're a leader. So I know you're definitely a reader. What are you reading right now? Oh, I just read a great book, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. It's a really great book about an FBI hostage negotiator and the best tips and hacks that he's learned over his life and career that you can implement in your life. Yep. I just, uh, my buddy David Carruthers, I was speaking about him earlier. That is the book that he said is is very, very incredible. Um, and very incredible. Anything, uh, anything, read anything else this year that was really pretty incredible? I'm, I'm writing my book, so I'm I'm not reading other people's book. I'm actually working on my own right now. Well, um, I wrote a book, um, and and you know this. Isn't it funny? People don't understand how hard it is to write a book, and I think that they don't understand the parts that they don't realize are hard. One of the hard parts to me was not getting the content out. That's That was the easy part, right? It's in my head. Um, putting it together and stuff and making it look pretty – um, but the most hardest part to me, you tell me if I'm wrong, Heather, was having to read my book over and over and over. And then you would change something because you would have an idea and be like, oh, this goes real good right here. But then you would have to read like those two or three chapters to see if it flew to, flowed together. And after a while, I thought to myself, I bet you I've probably read this book 100, 150 times. I am tired of reading my own book. Did you ever run into that? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was me, personal problem. Yeah, no, I, I did. I, I did a lot of my own editing and it, I, uh, I got, it wore me out. It really, truly did. It really I definitely did. deferred to my editor. I didn't do that. Yeah. Even on the first one you didn't, um, both of them, I guess you're, you're doing that. Yeah. What, yeah. 
you just putting it on paper or, and then they're taking it and massaging it from there? Yeah, I just basically my first book, I wrote everything on Word docs on my computer. And then I just uploaded everything to a Dropbox and sent that to my editor. He went through and then sent me back his revisions at night. I'd go back and revise, send back to him. And we would yeah. just toggle back and forth like that. And basically doing the same thing this time around with, um, I actually have a different editor for this book, but uh, yeah, it's going well. Gotcha. I, I opened up a Google doc and just put the cursor in there and would just start talking. And then it would just talk it through. And then, yeah, I would, then I would have to have that somebody do it. It goes too fast. I can't type as fast as my brain goes. You probably that way though. you you seem like you have a very quick brain that doesn't rest a lot. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, do you wear a Fitbit? No, you don't. Okay. I'm just asking. I'm i uh, I've got this thing. A lot of people who wear Fitbits, they have a sleep meter on there and it tells how good their sleep is. Do you happen to measure your sleep from, okay. I don't. I've never gotten one in the 90 and I'm trying to find somebody else who's gotten in the 90s. I'm starting to think that it's it starting to make me feel good that I get 88s and 87s all the time because I can't find anybody else that slept a 90. So anyway, there you go. Right, side, side, side thing. It's uh, kind of interesting how that works. So um, I really do, Heather. I mean, closing up is, is how could people reach out to you if they want to find you, if they want to, if they want to get to know you, uh, where could, how could they do that best? Yeah, my website's heathermonahan.com. My book, Confidence Creators, on Amazon. My show, Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan, is anywhere you find podcasts. My TED Talk is on the TED site. You just type in my name, and I am on all social media at Heather Monahan. Fantastic. Heather, I, I do appreciate your time, and I appreciate you uh, scheduling around because I know you're uh, at home school teacher now upon all the other things you that you do. So God love you for that. I appreciate it. I really do. Thank you. I appreciate you. Hey, and I encourage you guys to um, understand and the reason why I brought Heather on is because she's someone that inspires me. She's someone that inspires a lot of people out there. And it's not like you just have to sit there and listen to everything she says, but every once in a while, there's something that she speaks of. And it's usually true to because it's happened to her, which makes you relate to that it happens to other people besides you. And sometimes it's grabbing those little nuggets or the things that help you build the foundation that are going to lift you up. So you need to find the Heathers. You need to find the other people in your life that are going to be there. As Heather said, even in this own podcast, not everybody's an uppity, uppity person. And sometimes you have to find that uppity, uppity person. Also, if you are an uppity, uppity person, I don't want to really say like you have to do it. I'm not, but you know, you're really helping a lot by getting out there and letting people know that it is a tough time and it's okay to have a tough time. But at the end, we're all going to come out winners because that's just who we are. So there's no other better, better way that I could say it. So remember, tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas. And I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Jason Cass. I'm Jason. She's Heather. And we are out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now listen, I'm an agency owner and I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you gotta do is you gotta admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? 
And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good, or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, at Virtual Intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high-quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60-second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high-quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you, and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland, and we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to ten carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.